In this podcast, the Ontario Medical Association looks at current health issues that are on everyone's mind. Spotlight on Health gives you the straight talk. We're Ontario's doctors and your health matters to us. This episode explores vaping. Hi, I'm Atul Kapoor. I'm an emergency room physician in Ottawa, and I'm also president of Physicians for Smoke-Free Canada, a charitable organization trying to reduce the harms from smoking and nicotine use. Vaping is an alternative way of getting usually nicotine into your system. Instead of a cigarette, which you burn the tobacco and inhale the fumes, in vaping there's a liquid that you heat and it becomes a vapor or a vape. It's much like the steam coming out of your tea kettle. And then you inhale that, it gets into the lungs and that's how it delivers the nicotine or whatever substance is in it. Each of the various tobacco companies has their own version. There's some that heat the tobacco but don't burn it. And then there's some that actually create a vapor out of the liquid and you inhale that instead. There's a variety of brand names and a variety that are out there. The most common one nowadays that we're seeing is called Juul. We know that you're not just inhaling steamed water. There are many chemicals in the vaping fluid that get absorbed into the lungs. Some are metals, there are some carcinogens and toxins, admittedly fewer than in tobacco smoke, but it's not zero. So you have some of those risks. We're seeing more and more the stories out of the United States and now some in Canada of youth who are getting these severe injuries to their lungs that take them to the hospital and sometimes even put them on ventilators. We're not exactly sure what's causing it, whether it's a contaminant, whether it's causing a direct injury to the lung lining, or whether the glycol that's the main component of the vape has fat in it and whether that is reacting with the lung lining. It's not exactly clear what it is. It's also not exactly clear what the effect is. So the problem when we don't know is we don't know how to control it yet. We don't know whether it's a specific brand that we have to stop or if it's more widespread and that's what makes it so worrisome. The numbers are just growing every day. We're hearing updated numbers. So it's a very worrisome trend that we're seeing right now. And the problem is we don't know if that's the only problem. We're seeing it mostly in young people because they have taken up vaping more than anyone else from what we see. They're being advertised too strongly and the use is shooting up in uh, young populations. I think that's part of why we're seeing it. The other problem is how severe it is. We've got kids who are being not just brought into the hospital, but are having to be put on breathing machines and kept in the intensive care unit. And we have seen in the States, at least, some deaths. So the severity of it is quite shocking, especially when we don't know how yet we can control it. The other risks to vaping are more on a population health basis. So if you've got a bunch of youth who never were smoking, who get exposed to vaping, they can often turn into smokers. So rather than reducing the amount of people smoking, we can see that youth are getting into smoking through vaping. And that's a significant risk on a population level. In a survey that was published in the British Medical Journal, 
Canadian youth smoking rates went up versus 2017 to 2018. So we're seeing worrisome signs that we're actually reversing the great progress we've made in reducing smoking in the population, especially amongst youth. A lot of the growth in the brain at that stage of life is in terms of judgment, in terms of risk-taking, in terms of what is appropriate behavior. And, you know, we can all look back on, at that period of life for ourselves and know that what we did then wouldn't necessarily be something we do now. The problem is with nicotine and THC is that those effects at that stage of development can be lifelong. And we haven't studied that enough yet to know exactly what the effect will be. It's the same thing I would tell parents is that you need to have that conversation with young people to recognize if they're vaping and to talk to them about the real risks that are there because the marketing isn't giving them the real information. What's being highly touted out there is that it's a way of getting people to quit smoking. And I've got friends who have told me I switched to vaping and I've never touched a cigarette since. And that's wonderful news if you can do that. Reality is that a lot of people are not successful long term. And it may be a little better than the current stop smoking treatments that we have, but it's not a huge amount better. And the other risk is that people are using both. They're vaping sometimes and they're continuing to smoke. And more and more we're seeing the evidence shows that if you just cut back on smoking, you're not improving your health as much as you think you are. You need to really quit smoking totally. And if vaping works for you for that, that's wonderful, but it's not a miracle cure. I had a friend when vaping became legal a little over a year ago who was very mad at me because I was being so cautious and worried about it. And he said he switched to vaping and he never touched another cigarette. And I was really ecstatic for him because, as I said, it's safer than smoking, but so's Russian roulette. More recently, unfortunately, he started doing both, vaping and smoking. So any benefit from the vaping is just gone when you're smoking even if you're smoking less. And that's the story I hear too often, is you get people who switch, and for a while, it's great, it's wonderful, but I haven't seen people yet. I hear there are some stories, but I haven't seen people yet, personally, who've stayed off it long-term. There's a lot of different products out there, and the regulations aren't strong enough for us to be certain that what's on the label is what you're actually getting. So are you getting nicotine? Are you getting THC? What kind of chemicals are you putting into your lungs? They're not exactly sure. Plus, let's not ignore the fact that nicotine does have effects on developing brains, and that youth, 16 to 19, even up into the mid-20s, their brains are still developing. So the risks of injecting these chemicals into the brain at those ages can have effects on development. We know that for sure for nicotine and for THC. The problem is we don't know how harmful vaping is yet. Andre Picard from the Globe and Mail put it really well. You can consider that smoking is like jumping off the top of a hundred-story building. Vaping, you're still jumping. We're just not exactly sure what floor you're on yet. And that's part of the problem is tobacco, it took decades before we realized how it created harm and how much harm it was causing. Vaping, 
It's an unregulated free market, and we haven't seen enough research to know the exact risks. We know that there are some, and we're starting to see some of them. But the long-term effects, we have no idea about. Don't miss our next episode about the flu shot. This podcast is brought to you by the Ontario Medical Association. It is produced and edited by Jody Crawford Productions. This podcast is not intended to provide medical advice for specific situations and is for general educational purposes only. Please consult your doctor if you have symptoms or questions about your health.